0: Welcome to Factum Agri and welcome to 2024. What will this year bring? Well, last year the national government promised to get Wellington out of farming. They said they will change rules for culverts and how wetlands are defined in legislation to only cover actual wetlands rather than areas with limited environmental value. They said they will make stock exclusion rules more practical to protect critical source areas while avoiding unintended consequences like unnecessarily large exclusion zones for small water bodies. They said they will amend the proposed national environmental standard for drinking water to avoid excessive compliance requirements for small providers of 30 connections or fewer and return autonomy to small rural communities. They will defer... Central Government rules requiring resource consents for winter grazing until freshwater farm plans are in place, with freshwater plans to become risk- and outcomes-based. They also said they will replace the winter grazing low-slope map and low-slope rules for stock exclusion with more effective catchment-level rules to accommodate regional differences. Restart the live exports of cattle with gold standard rules set in regulation to protect animal welfare and safety. Nationals say they will require purpose-built ships and introduce a certification regime for the importers of destination countries to ensure animals live in conditions at the same standards required in New Zealand. They will repeal Labour's rebranded Three Waters and replace it with local water done well. Nationals' plan is to restore council ownership and control of water assets, while ensuring water services are financially sustainable. Now some of these things are in motion, but will they follow through on all their promises? And will their policies go far enough to support farmers get on with the job of farming? That remains to be seen at this stage, but we will obviously be keeping a close eye on this. I talk a lot about catchment groups and their ability to drive change at a community level. And today I'm sharing an interview with Richard Kite from Thriving Southland on his involvement with catchment groups in the far south. Hello, Richard. Thank you for your time today. Well, thanks, Angus. It's uh, yeah,
1: good to be here.
0: Please can you tell me about the line of work you're in and your involvement in Thriving Southland? Yep. So
1: so the, the, the line of work I'm in is probably it's working with um, the rural sector, the primary sector. And, and rural communities, and it's um, it's around um, having a voice in in this space around change. Um, got involved probably in two thousand and twelve with uh, helping uh, with farmers um, create. The first catchment groups in Southland, uh, and that was around uh, you know being involved in uh, regional plans that, and changes that were happening, but also coming at it from a, a ground up approach, and and that's how I got involved in Thriving Southland. And Thriving Southland came about. Um, group of cross sectional farmers about three years ago got together, um, similar space to where things are now with a lot of policy and policy changes and. Um, a whole lot of noise coming at farmers, and uh, a lot of farmers in a negative space. And it was about how do we um, put a positive uh, angle with this? It's got to be a positive approach to to change, or or dealing with the challenges that are, are coming at farmers. And that's where Thriving South and came, came about.
0: Yeah. And your involvement? Are you are the project lead in, in Thriving South, and what's your role there?
1: Yes, I'm the project lead. Um, basically, um, there's a team of uh, catchment coordinators. We've got um, uh, a senior catchment coordinator and four, um, and, and a total of four coordinators who actually go out and, and work with um, catchment groups throughout Southland. As I think when we uh, took over, they were um, from New Zealand Landcare Trust. They were, uh, they'd done a good job and there were 18 catchment groups and we're now looking at 25 26 groups it just keeps growing and people just love being involved um at a at a local level with um with their own catchments and understanding them
0: yeah now what is the science report in relation to thriving southland and why is it important
1: so um when we set up thriving southland it is a ground up model so we we really listened to farmers in the communities and say, well, what, what do you want? What do you need? Uh, what's really important to you? Uh, and we we went out quite a few times and ran workshops and ran surveys and talked to them. And, and consistently it came back things they want wanted from Thriving South and bus that support that we've just talked about um, mm-hmm. because it's hard out there when you've got most of uh, um <laughs> Most people have a full-time job and are yeah. involved in catchment groups. Mm-hmm. Um so that's they want they needed the support around that uh and structure and 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 there was I mean there's some great groups out there that already already had that and then it's about um passing that information between groups so if, if everybody doesn't have to reinvent the wheel about how to make a, a group run well. Yeah. Uh but the, the the second thing on the list was with science, we actually want to know um, what 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 uh, water quality is like. What you know, what science is out there, um, and there was a whole lot of information. There's a whole lot of reports. Environment Southland have reports. There's reports from um, other organisations around water quality science in in, in Southland, and um, but not translated really. Um, and I I always say that you know I I like to be able to pick something up and read it through. Um, and if I don't, you've probably picked up the odd science report, Angus, and they're not yeah. the easiest things to read. So right. um, we got them all completed and put into a, uh, yeah, South. So we came out with a Southland science report, which was taking all the, the these separate reports on different places and different parts of water quality and um, just in, not our view on it, but just pulling it together and saying, well, this is what it, what it says. So somebody can pick it up and read it with a reasonable level of understanding, which
0: yeah that's really interesting uh, Richard. And how can I access the science report?
1: Uh, so the science uh, report is on the thriving South um, and website uh, and or you just contact thriving South and uh, any one of the coordinators also their contact details are on the uh, on the website. Mm. Yeah. our catchment groups have copies uh, as well so okay.
0: Great. Um, what other thriving Southern resources are available to catchment groups, farmers, and the wider community?
1: I think um, one of the main resources we have is the the assistance on the ground uh, to 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 help with with groups. We help them with um, databases for um their their groups quite often they're um you know somebody knows all the people mm-hmm. but it's not written down anywhere so that sort of stuff um, is quite in, informal in in some places uh, so we, we can help them put that together uh, help them with um just uh proper meet, meeting structures so everybody's getting out of the meetings what they want um but also uh i think one of the big resources we have is when group says we're really interested in a certain topic uh, that we will go away and find the information or the right people to come to talk to them about that topic Um, so and I think that's really important and the more information you have the people start joining the dots and um, the the, you know the direction becomes clearer to people.
0: Mm. What's the info hub about how do I access this and what are the benefits of it?
1: Uh, again, the info hub came about from uh, surveying and asking the groups what they wanted, and and they wanted information, and they wanted it in one place. And there are a whole lot of organisations with this information, but so we went out and uh, we talked to um, sort of le- le- levy groups, to science people, uh, anybody we could think of that had information um, that that would be interesting to the, the groups. Um, so, say uh, at the moment, wintering or or whatever, and we said so. So we said to the the um, these organisations, you know. So, what are the top three or four resources that um, people search your website for, and can you give us the links to them? So, we created the info hub, and the info hub's on the thriving Southland website. Okay. Uh, so you can go there. You can look up a topic. And there's the links to all, all that. So you, you can, you're looking across different sectors um, and different areas rather than just at one website. So that's, um, that's the Info Hub. Uh, yeah, and it's basically, again, um, just um, giving people the information they're looking for.
0: Yeah. Okay. Why should one consider joining a catchment group, Richard? Do I need to be a farmer or indeed an environmentalist?
1: <laughs> no, certainly not. Um, and w- one thing about catchment groups is they're very social. They're around uh, and they're built around people's own uh, areas. Around um, we they're not they're not all about um, the big rivers. They're about uh, this is my so this is my community, mm-hmm. uh, and and it's about understanding about about about. That, that area so we have all sorts of uh, people involved in that and one of the benefits is social um, mm. as I say talking um, with farmers around the challenges with everything coming at them um it's great to go along and just catch up with people and talk about it and we and we get um urban people coming in and actually seeing what's being achieved and mm. and quite often that doesn't get out there and it's mm. great to actually see everybody sat around the table talking about what they're doing and you see you know some eyes wide open and with mm. oh we never realized this sort of stuff is happening so that's um <clears throat> that's one reason to join a catchment group the other is ar- around um you know having getting a clearer direction of where everything's heading and what what um, what regulation looks like or what consumers are looking at or uh, there's a whole range of things that catchment groups look at because it's driven by them what do they want to look at mm. and I did talk to um uh, one comment i had from a farmer um at a group and he said was you know why should i get involved Regulation's going to tell me what to do and i said well actually you know if you get involved and you understand where things they're heading, you will start thinking about your business and how you're going to position it and going forward or, or how uh, and in ten years' time, uh, when that may uh, ev- eventuate, that piece of legislation, or five years or ten years' time, you've already thought that through. So you're already head of the game. So that's that's one for, for me. That's one really good yeah. reason to be involved. Yeah,
0: I think also it's important from a ground-led up environment like this. Actually, farmers say and input can actually shape legislation Um, if the right collective group of farmers or catchment group is involved. It's really important, in my view, that farmers are involved because they can actually have an impact at a governance level.
1: Oh, and, and it, it never ceases to amaze me that um, when this information from farmers comes back to that governance level, those people, oh, right, you know, they really take it on board and, it, and it's and it got a lot of power mm. uh, because it is from... It's the people with the skin in the game. It's the people um, right. with the businesses and, and quite often, you know, they can be left out of the conversation, whereas a catchment group's about bringing them into the conversation.
0: Mm. So how is Thriving South and supporting catchment groups and communities turning ideas into action?
1: So um, Thriving southlands has got funding through the MPI Sustainable Land Use um, Fund. And, and it's about uh, And MPI, um, you know, we're looking at... Um, <coughs> where, where a group has an idea, um, it wants to look at its own catchment, firstly around understanding it, So we've got groups that are doing macroinvertebrate testing, which is a great way of understanding actually today and for the last two years, what's your water been like? Uh, So projects like that, the first understanding and then saying, so so what can we do to improve? It's about constant improvement. Farmers are always improving and that's why we've got catchment groups that are about constant improvement. So it's Mm. looking at those areas, So they may come up with a project uh, around understanding or looking forward, what, how can we best, uh, best bang for our buck when we're looking at improvements, uh, either uh, riparian planting right through to farm systems. Uh, how you know how does my land has my land best suited to um, uh, to this catchment, and you know around running it where I run my animals, or it, it's sort of looking at the, those uh, things. But it comes from uh, inquiry from from farmers it's actually they're, they're they're wanting to know these things so they're, they're they're looking ahead um and so we can support those projects because you know they can be reasonably costly to get people around the table and do some modeling work and that sort of thing so we can actually um support them to um and it's it's, it's really around understanding i guess yeah
0: mm-hmm. how can people find out more or get involved richard
1: uh, it's first, first port of call is probably the website because that's got all the information. Uh, Thriving Southland website—it's got all the information. And getting involved, just get along to a catchment group meeting. Uh, they are really social; they're not threatening, um, and and it's a real collegial approach and and sharing sharing information. Uh, so if you, you don't feel you're behind, you know everybody shares. Uh, What's going on, and uh, you get, and if you've got an idea for a project as well, get along to your catchment group and talk to them about it. Yeah, I know you're
0: a busy man, so I thank you very much for your time today. Oh, thanks, it's been uh, good talking to you. Thanks, Angus. Yeah, like I always say, these community initiatives are the ones that will make positive steps in our rural communities. Not a hammer from pencil pushers in Wellington that do not have the first clue about the practicality of running a farm. So a call to the new kids on the block and the beehive. Listen to Farmers Harder, listen to the industry bodies, and let's get on with being what we are, which is a farming and export-driven country. That's all from me this week. Thank you for listening. Catch you next time.